Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 63 of The Opening Line. We've got another roundtable discussion for you. Thank you to the Believe Podcast Network and enjoy the show. There's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your neck. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, he's like, Comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line where we like to keep the line moving. Uh, we are doing a smaller round table today. We still have Thomas and Jared on the line. Thomas, how are we doing today? Doing good, boys. How are you guys doing? Feeling I'm, I'm doing great, Tom. Hey, uh, good to I'm hear, inter- fellas. Good to hear. Yeah, I'm gonna introduce myself second. Just give myself a little limelight. You know, this go, is go on and do it. Yeah, this is uh, this is the the man, the operator of the show, other co-host Wits. Um, and I'm gonna ask Rube how he's doing today. <laughs> Wits, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Hey, anytime, buddy. All right, let's get it rocking. Passing the ball back. We're sharing the ball. Scotty and Michael. Scotty, take the take us home. <laughs> I thought. I thought that was cute that you called me Scotty. When most definitely I would be the MJ <laughs> of this pairing. Uh, well, before I let anybody get any shots in on me on that one, because I know there's a lot of shots about to come, we do have a bracket we're going to do today, but we can't really ignore the only sports thing that has occurred in the last two months. So I thought we'd give some takes on the draft. I'm not going to go through it like a round-by-round round thing. But I think the draft needs to be talked about a little bit. Joe Burrow's going number one. Honestly, I think a bright future ahead of him. I'm very excited about that. Tua going at the five to the Dolphins. Another guy I see a lot of potential in. Um, I think he'll be a good quarterback. What? So you're dressed like a Dolphin today, so hopefully you're... uh, Yeah, I mean, he won me me a small bet, so that was nice. And that was against my co-host, Scotty Pippen. Um... So that was a pleasure. And then Justin Herbert's going to tank like every other Pac-12 quarterback we've ever seen. And then the rest of the draft was the rest of the draft. I mean, Jerry, Judy fell. Wide receivers were everywhere. It was a wide receiver deep draft. And you always hope your team drafts a wide receiver, but some years they don't do it. Um, This year happened to be a year. Especially when they need one, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested on your guys' takes of the draft. Uh, we'll start with Thomas, who I know I heard a lot from. I didn't really pay attention uh, too deep into this draft. How did the How did the Bears do? I know we got three Bears fans here. Um, I got I can't. I didn't really. I tried watching the first day, and it took like forty five minutes for them to make the first pick. So I thought it was a pretty rough viewing portion of the draft. Um, I didn't really enjoy it that much. To be honest, I watched, I think, the first three picks and turned it off. But all that matters is <laughs> the – uh, What? Great analysis. That's I, well, I mean, and then also I just like to see the reaction from all the Packers fans. That was worth it in its own. 
Uh, Wits, any any big takeaways? I mean, I know you're a jack of all trade. Uh, you're not just a Bears fan. I mean, there's gonna be fantasy football value in this draft at some point, whether when they're rookies or later down the line. Any interesting picks? I know me and you, per usual, went in on a nice bet together. Everything was looking good, but when you mix Wits and Roz versus John Gruden, it never goes your way. With John Gruden coming in with another snippable moment. Um, he, he's been snipped on this show before, and he most definitely is still snipped, going with Henry Ruggs at the 12 instead of Judy. But our first bet back, and we, we went into a hole. Yeah, it was a rough night bet-wise. Uh, kind of reminded me why I hate betting. Um, but yeah, if you were going to tell me that we uh, first wide receiver taken was going to be from the school of our choosing, I would have been pretty confident. But Henry Ruggs, he probably was the third best receiver in the draft. So that was super disappointing. But overall, um, I was kind of on Thomas's side of things here. It was fun because it was live sports, but it reminded me why I don't usually watch the draft is because it's it's just 10 minutes of in between each pick giving me a whole rundown of stuff I don't really care about. So it was fun. It was good to be back. But uh, overall, the Bears draft, I didn't love it, but I thought Cole Komet, I think, I think he'll be good, but I was just kind of confused why we signed Jimmy Graham in the first place. But uh, <laughs> and when, and when not, drafted a tight end with your first pick. Yeah, I'm not the Bears GM, so I'm not pulling the plug on him yet because I've got a I've got a grandmaster theory in my mind of how the next two years are going to play out. And... <laughs> well, let's just talk about the Bears draft before we get into any potential theories that you may have. And I mean. We did get you psychologically evaluated before this, much like our president needs right now. But uh, Lechavius Simmons was your last pick. What a name that is. Uh, I don't have much to say, the Tennessee State offensive guard, but Lechavius Simmons. I just want to go with, you might have won best name of the of the 2020 draft. Hey, he's going to be an offensive guard for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> I love and it. Then, and then, Rube, we come, to you, we come to you, Rube, on your thoughts from the draft. Again, you're more of a Bears fan, but I know you also look for fantasy implications. Any picks you could see drafting this year? Any running backs? I know running backs. I, can't, I thought they were going to go the entire first round without drafting one. I was then pretty surprised with what the Chiefs went with at the 32nd spot. Um, but any running backs or wide receivers, maybe even quarterbacks, are going to make some big plays? Um, quarterbacks, I don't know about quarterbacks yet. I don't think any of them are, except Burrow are really going to start um, the beginning of the season at least. Uh, running backs, the guy with three names from LSU, I forgot his name. but Edward Gilair. He could be – he – seemed like he was pretty legit in college and step in that Chiefs offense kind of everyone gets theirs in that offense so he could be someone I think that could step in pretty quickly but as of for the Bears I mean I'm not really one to give draft grades like I obviously I, I enjoy watching the draft and seeing what the Bears do but I have zero idea how these guys are so not one to really say if a draft's good or bad there's expert Clyde. analysis room yeah. <laughs> Dude, Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh I heard I heard a write up or I read a write up that it's kind of similar to Maurice Jones Drew and I could definitely see it. Yeah, just a ball of <laughs> just an anger and fantasy like a points. Wrecking ball. That guy. <laughs> that guy had some good seasons on my uh, previous teams. I thought DeAndre Swift to the Lions was interesting. I thought teams that were drafting running backs, they already have a guy there. I mean, I don't know if they're giving up on on Johnson yet or not. Um, but and Aaron Swift, Jones, no yeah, love for him. Think- I don't they think take the guy from Boston College? 
I mean, teams are going though more and more. Like you look at these, the best teams that are winning, that are going far in the playoffs. They don't just have one running back anymore. It's kind of a lot of teams have two guys that can get it done. But yeah, right. they but had this, Jones to, and Williams. Jamal Williams was no yeah. slouch either. I think to no, point, when you look at no, fantasy they got another football, guy. <laughs> when you look at fantasy football, you the running back is such a quintessential position to draft. I mean, they go one through six usually in drafts. But it's looking more and more that the NFL is moving to a committee backfield, which I think will make fantasy harder down the line. I think the Packers are in a great situation. We have the best quarterback in the league, a great running back, and uh, we we didn't come in and we didn't perform the way we were expecting at this draft. But I'm very content with everything except for our wide receiver or wide receivers. We do have the best wide receiver in the league with Devonte Adams, um, so he's gonna have to make it work. But no, I'm thinking. Even in those tandem backfields, I think some somebody begins to shine. I think Aaron Jones will continue to shine as our lead back and our feature back here in the future. I think we're going to sign him to a long-term contract. Um, yeah. No matter what I mean, just occurred in this draft. I got a question. Great. If you if you have a you know an all-world all-superstar type of player, you think you'd like supplement him with some tools and some you know guys he can he can really work with. Um, skill positions, you know, like Devin, anything, uh, anything like that. Devin Funches, or maybe who's, even who's not 26 years old. The position he's in. Devin Funches, 26 years old. We signed him. His best season came playing second fiddle to Calvin Benjamin, who before he put on the LBs and smoked the weed was uh, was a good number one receiver there in Carolina. I think Devin Funches is going to shine as a number two here in Green Bay. I'm looking forward to his. Uh, his contributions to the team. Green Bay is on a, on a good path. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback of the future there. He will remain there in Green Bay for the next four or five years, and I'm excited to see how he right. finishes it off. Keep okay. talking. Right. That, that. Yeah, that was, a head, that was a headline, but le- can yeah. I – legitimate question. I want to hear the theory after the question. I have to, Sorry. Um, you have a team in the Packers that just went to the NFC Championship game and – they spend their first two picks on trading up for a quarterback, possibly of the future, and a third or second string running back. Like, from your perspective as a fan, like, let I want to hear your thoughts on that. That can't that can't have made you happy that a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl is drafting for depth when they should be going for it all. Am I wrong? Uh. We again, Aaron so, Rodgers is the best. People, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league. We're very excited to be moving forward with the 2020 season as him at the head of it. Uh, it'll be a good year. Aaron Jones is coming off a record-setting year. I'm very excited for the Packers 2020 prospects. Pretty, that's pretty sad that the host of the opening line can't even can't even answer a question. Like you're yeah, talking like a politician. Tell him. Yeah, yeah, you have something to say. Fucking, you're running from dude. Roz and Sleepy Joe, battle it out. <laughs> I, uh, Just give, give us your honest opinion on how you felt as a fan the one that you gave us on thursday night not the one for the people um here here's the honest opinion here aaron Rodgers was a spectacular pick when we took him and brett Favre was also 36 at the time now the mind's, where i really have an issue is with Brett, Brett had amazing talent around him for pretty much the duration of his career there. Aaron Rodgers had a great crop of talent. That's what we won a Super Bowl with. It looked really good. It's been a tough last five years. 
and Green Bay doing a transition with GMs, usually keeping in-house, so it's all like formulaic in how it works. And these new GMs want their own players, have their own path they go on. No, I'm not happy that we didn't draft a wide receiver. No, I'm not happy that we traded up and potentially Ray Lewis Jr. is sitting there with Patrick Queen when we just got blown the fuck up in the NFC Championship game up the middle. So, no, it's not exciting. Is Jordan Love potentially a future great? Who knows? He's got the attributes of that I read, like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in one, uh, and he just needs a lot of development. He's going to be developing. He's sitting on the bench. He, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to lose his job to this kid. Um, no. Aaron Rodgers also isn't going to help this kid at all. He's also got 31 potential jobs out there if you want. And Brett Favre didn't help Aaron Rodgers very much either. And I don't think it's their job as a starting quarterback to have to groom somebody. It's their position. It's their job. And Jordan Love, the best thing he can do is watch Aaron Rodgers and how he plays and try to model some of the accuracy and his developmental traits after him. It sucked. I was not happy. If the answer is you're there looking for it, it was a rough, <laughs> a rough, That's it was a rough draft overall. We didn't draft a single Dude, wide receiver. Even even not as a Bears or Packers fan, I was I felt bad for Green Bay fans because they were close. Like they got to the NFC Championship game and had some clear holes, and they just said, "Fuck it!" Like we're not going to do anything about it. What, that didn't make any sense. What hurts me more about this is like like I said, with Favre, we didn't go into that draft needing another piece to get to the next level because that year we draft Rodgers we go to the NFC Championship game and Brett does what he does best and that's throw the ball to the other team at the most crucial time um so there wasn't a need there so drafting Aaron Rodgers wasn't as shocking um this is like we had a need and at this point in the run everyone's been in this organization we've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks and Xander knows how much this gets under my skin we've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks over a two-decade span, and we have two Super Bowl titles. Uh, and that's what's really bothering me, that we aren't going to try to close out the Aaron Rodgers portion of our, uh, of at least this decade without trying to win another title. So that one did hurt. I don't want to shit on Jordan Love like, oh, it's a bad pick, like how the yeah, Eagles treated Donovan McNabb. Nothing about Jordan Love. I, that's what I think it is. Whereas, like, people get mad about quarterback picks here like Daniel Jones, Donovan McNabb. I'm not mad at the player or I don't I don't even see it as he's a bad player. Maybe he really does develop into a Patrick Mahomes type, but it's not what we need as a franchise right now. It really isn't. So that's what's really upsetting and there was a lot of good receivers that we let just not we just let him go. So that is my take. That's the most calm response I've had to it in four or five days. So I'm actually very proud of myself because my dad had to listen to a lot of it. You guys had to see some text throw up and uh, it was a rough five days in the, in the Rosenzweig apartment. <laughs> I feel like this was a uh, Tommy Rubin therapy. It was <laughs> on the couch. intervention on a and &E. It was the first time was I haven't been positive about the Packers on this show. Um, I did have a couple. I did have a pick that I liked that for fantasy wise. Wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, I think Duvernay to the Ravens, guy I'm looking out for next year, wide receiver next to Marquise Brown. Can't say I can't say who I know who that is. Which he He's, played. Uh, I, can't say I, yeah, I can't say I do either. Devin <laughs> Devin Duvernay. I I got you, Wits, and I agree with you. Minus the fact that Lamar Jackson didn't turn any of his receivers last year into 
fantasy like workhorses. So that always concerns me. And he had he led the it's league. All about the tight ends. The tight ends. Mark Andrews, I think, will be. Yeah, I think Mark Andrews will be key. Um, Dude, but I'm out. With Andrews in with Duvernay. <laughs> I am falling on the Lamar Jackson regression train, though. If anyone wants to hop on that train with me, well, I'm uh, all in one hundred percent. Rube, if you still want to do these shows in the summer, you'll have your opportunity with me and Wits do our fantasy breakdowns, which starts in July. Starting with, okay. I know you've listened I'll to the show. Just keep it in yep. mind. You can say he'll be a bust. We'll see Landon Cohen take him with the fourth pick in the draft, and uh, it, it'll go from there. Um, but let's get it. Because Last Dance is coming up tonight, episodes three and four. Awesome, awesome documentary. And you're talking about a guy who, for a long time, would just shit on just how much, um, how much love Michael Jordan was getting, and how all the haters of LeBron and Kobe and all of that. You got to push it aside with no sports going on right now. And watching this documentary really shows the absolute dominance that Michael Jordan had over the NBA at that point in time. And I think it'll only get better with the documentary. So. But without Scottie Pippen, there is no Michael. I do want to make that very clear. So we're going to do best duos of, eh, it's not a decade. We're just going to do the best duos that came to mind. I did look it up online, but I threw in some fun ones for us that are more recent for us. Um, we're going to do an Elite Eight. It's not a Sweet 16, and so it'll be a little bit of quicker of a process. But since it is the last dance night, we're going to start with Jordan and Pippen versus... Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. I thought since hockey is the bottom of the barrel here on the opening line, I would like to give Thomas a little love. I wanted to throw them in there, but they're going up against one of the best duos of all time. I mean, I think you just did this on purpose because yes. you're a fucking, you're an asshole. It was targeted. There was no doubt that I'm hey. out of this game. The yellow flag is out. Targeting. And I'm headed to the locker are you really going to pick? Are you really going to pick against hockey? You're winning your uh, chance to pick. Your one chance. You know how you know how in MLB games when they play under protest, the guy turns around and draws the P. <laughs> I'm drawing. I'm drawing the P. I'm drawing the P on this. Uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, Kane and Taze. Here, but what I think is even better. You don't even have to go with Jordan, or you don't have to go with. Kane or Taves to like stand your point here, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about the duo Kane and Taves. It is only an elite eight. Maybe you can give us some good points on them. Why they are a dynamic duo. Um, they did win three right, Stanley well, Cups. They won three Stanley Cups. I think they won in the better part of. They're still playing together, so book's not over yet. But in their prime, three Stanley it's a, it's Cups in, close in book five on that years. Dynasty. Three three Stanley Cups in five years. Uh, I think they combined for like the most playoff victories, the most playoff points, the most. Uh, I think Kane has them like up there for. The, they're both combined. It's just like the success they have is unbelievable. It's unparamounted in the in the hockey universe. How um, valuable is a and, Stanley yeah. Cup champion? How much? How valuable is a Stanley Cup championship to a player opposed to an NBA championship to a player? Um, I think Stanley Cups definitely mean it's more of a team thing, though. Like you don't see, you don't. In a lot of it, there's more luck involved. Like in basketball, I think more you you see uh, teams like the cream of the crop rises to the top. So. I think in the Stanley Cup, there's a lot more variety. So I think that even stamps their success more than normal because of how hard it is to – everything has to go right in hockey for you to 
for you to win a Stanley Cup and for them to get there multiple times and win them multiple times and have the chance. I mean, if this is a if this is a, fo- a football team that had the success the Blackhawks did, I mean, they'd be down going down in history forever. But and what's interesting about the happens. rest of the duos on this list, or the rest of the duos are on the field and on the court at the same time together. Not, not just that's not something common with Taves and Kane. They are not on the ice together at the same time. Yeah, they, they, are, been, they, they have, were on the same. They were, they were same. They were. I mean, in all those years, the, they were on the same line. Not the what? No, it wasn't. They called it, were still separated. One and two. You arguing with the hockey guy? I am going to argue with the hockey guy. The hockey guy. Dude, it's I, you can go back. Uh, I'm not saying they weren't I on the same it, line at certain times, and especially at crucial situations, much like when they won those games against Boston. But I know for a fact. That was not the design. It was not Taves and Kane on the same line through the regular season and to begin games. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the regular season is not any the, – the playoffs in hockey is completely different than regular season. But um, they absolutely played together. If I mean, in any, any key situation, they were always on the ice together. Fair. So that was a lot of hockey talk. I feel very – Happy that I gave yeah, you the opportunity. Spread now, your wings, boys. With Rube and myself, where's this vote going? Uh, I'm going to vote for Jordan Pippen. Which... Yeah, I, I am too, but a lot a lot of respect for Kane and Taves. I mean, like Thomas said, three three cups in five years. That, you know, I think that'll go down in hockey history as one of the better runs slash dynasty periods for a team. So, you know. Very dynamic duo, but Scott, you know, Pip and Jordan might be the most iconic duo of all time. Maybe. And they have the potential to face off against one of these two. If you can't tell, we're from Chicago. You definitely will be able to tell after this one. We've got Kobe and Shaq versus Bryant and Rizzo, better known as Brizzo. I thought I'd give Brian a Brian Rizzo love. should have gone against Kane and Taves. Yeah. <laughs> Just that, an all, that should have been the match. An all-Chicago matchup. Um We've got this one. I'm very much on the Kobe and Shaq team, but I wanted to give a little love to a duo that helped uh, and definitely closed out the World Series on the final play. I think they're a fun little duo to have on here. They're more recent um, and part of a World Series baseball team. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, sorry, go ahead with. Yeah, you go. Go ahead. You go, Tom. I was just gonna say. I think in order to uh, find out who's better, we have to pull up how many. Uh, all the merchandise sales for Brizzo. <laughs> that's, that's, what they, that's what they'll be judged by. <laughs> um, it's. I think it's hard to have a baseball duo because baseball is like the one game where the actual in-play action, you're not like really playing together at the same time. There was like basketball, hockey, football. I think it's just a different... Different mindsets. So I'm, I'm going to go with Shaq and Kobe. But when I think of baseball duos, like the only thing I think of is like the Bash brothers, like Canseco McGuire. It just doesn't, the duo just doesn't go as well for me with that sport. It could be wrong, though. Yeah, Wits, I'm going to contest you because I think the best duo of all time and the stats to back it up are Ruth and Gehrig, um, even more so than the Bash brothers. But they are on this list, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I'm going Kobe and Shaq. Unless uh, Rube and Thomas are really riding the Cubs train, I think we are going to be seeing Kobe no. and Shaq move forward. Well, let's hear Rube speak first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Kobe and Shaq. Rod, 
do I have permission as a second tier Cubs fan to talk about the Cubs? You are not. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Brian Rizzo. They had a obviously Kobe and Shaq did a lot more in their career than Brian Rizzo have done. Obviously, the one World Series in Chicago probably holds a lot more weight, at least among the four of us. But yeah, Kobe and Shaq, in terms of dynamic duos, are one of, if not as good of a, as it gets. So. Yeah, and Shaq even paid somebody to fight Kobe. How much more iconic does it get? I'm Googling the Brizzo sales. <laughs> well, <laughs> while we wait on the Brizzo sales, Kobe and Shaq are moving forward. We've got a play-in game just because I got ridiculed initially before um, I found that they were on the top 10 list for best duos. But there is a play-in game between Tom Brady and Gronk and Montana and Rice to get into the bracket. This one, I'm not sure where it will go. I understand the argument of why not Brady and Belichick, but we're doing players strictly. We don't need coaches to be involved. Um, so that is the matchup. This is our only one play-in game. Rice, Montana, Brady, Gronk. I will let Witt start off with this one because I think he has the best insight, maybe. We'll give we'll give it to him. I was going to say, I don't have much insight. I, don't, I just, when it comes um, to Gronk, well, I guess... I mean, Rube's the Gronk expert, so I should have gone that Hard. direction. But yeah, you guys Rube's did make a, you guys Diddler. made a great trade for that man. It was great for it's great for <laughs> Rube. Um, I mean, Montana Jerry Rice, greatest receiver of all time. Montana, you know, was up there in the conversation. Um, I'm gonna have to go with them, just because I don't. I never thought of Brady and Gronk as like a big duo because for me, Brady was always like on a different sort of pedestal. It played with so many different guys, you know, him and Randy Moss, and then all, like, the other guys who weren't that big of a name who we found a way to win Super Bowls with. So the Brady-Gronk one to me, it's – I know they won a few Super Bowls, and it's interesting, but it was never a big duo for, you know, in my personal mind because Brady was just – it wasn't really a duo with anybody because he's just slinging it around at fucking probably 150 different guys in his career. There is one duo that he was – the duo with Brady and Belichick, and that's who it should have been. And that's who it should have been. That's why I'm going with Montana and Jerry Rice. Rube. Because you, you because you put the wrong Patriots in. Rube. The anti Rice um, or Montana. I'll give you I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, Rob, since you're doing players. So we'll we'll go based on that. But I'm gonna have to agree with Xander here. I think like you, Jack. I won't repeat what you said, but. I mean, he really did do with so many guys. Like he had that crazy year with Randy Moss. Julian Edelman's had his run. Wes Welker's had his run. Gronk, obviously, is probably the best player he's played with over like a long period of time. But in terms of duos, like Montana and Rice were as good as. Obviously, we didn't see them play, but a good thing to go back and look at. Like the equivalent of Barry Bonds' baseball stats is Jerry Rice game logs. Some really absurd game log stats you'll ever see on Jerry Rice. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, they're going to be moving on. I just want to back up Brady and Gronk a little bit. Um, and I'll, I'll read you this little expose. What do you get when you have the best quarterback of all time and the best tight end of all time? You get three more Super Bowl rings. 
Here are some statistics to back it up. Compared to the Brady's three NFL MVP awards, four Super Bowl MVP awards, and 14 Pro Bowls, Gronk's five Pro Bowl selections feel slim for a player deemed to be the best player in his position in history, but Gronkowski Gronkowski revolutionized the tight end position, setting the single-season record for touchdown catches by tight end at 17. Brady and Gronk have been an unstoppable force when on the field at the same time. Obviously, Gronk had some injury issues. I would go uh, Montana and Rice as well, but they had already moved on. They didn't need my vote. And they're going up against Ruth Gehrig and Question. Babe Ruth. Did Gronkowski revolutionize the tight end position? I feel like that's a, that's a strong word coming after guys like Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez, I Jimmy think, Graham. I, think he, I, think he, I don't know if he revolutionized it. There was a different impact. He did it significantly better than anyone else ever did. Yes. Okay. I was going to say revolutionize is a very strong word. And as good as he was, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. Just personal opinion. And I feel like it's already changing from what Gronk turned into and now going to, like, what Greg Kittle and, like, the Travis Kelseys of the world. Just saying. It'll be interesting. Gronk back in the league, obviously. This week he also joined the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll see how that all goes. Rice and Montana are going up against Ruth and Gehrig. Their nickname was Murder's Row. They batted three and four. Um, they've hit home run runs or they've hit home runs together in the same inning 19 times. They matched 600 home runs together as a Yankee. Um, and they won three world series for the New York Yankees. In my opinion, the best duo in any sports, just even seeing their camaraderie. I mean, there are some funny ass pictures of the two of them. So I'm going to go with Ruth and Gary here, but I'm curious if the baseball guys are not going with their sport. Um, I'm gonna. This is tough. I'm gonna go with Ruth and Garrick too. Um, definitely iconic when it comes to baseball and any sport. But you know, you think about. Obviously, we didn't see him play, but you talk about like teams in the 20s and 30s, like Murderers Row, the Yankees. Those are the I think two most popular names out there. And then Babe Ruth. You could make an argument that you know he might be the greatest baseball player of all time. You know, just relative to the time that he played in. So. I don't want to knock Montana and Rice because, obviously, two greats, a lot of Super Bowls. But I, I think I'd have to just go with Ruth and Gary just by, by a smidgen. Sam? Um, I think I'm also going to have to agree and go with uh, Ruth and Gary. I think it's great. I think it's funny when you talk about, like, a murderer's role. And people bring it up, like, in conver- – conversations and they're bringing it up in comparison to those two so i think it's cool and uh that 1927 yankees team is like widely regarded as the best baseball team of all time true for the record i am voting for montana rice i don't like i don't like giving that much love to baseball in the 20s because i think guys were probably throwing like 68 miles an hour and drinking six beers before the game I don't. I, I just, dislike how you devalue. Like Babe Ruth was, I and Babe Ruth would so, suck today. Look at that guy though. If he was, Dude, the, guy was the best. Suck. The guy was the best you pitcher in the league and best the hitter in the league. You can't you find say? a guy that like. I understand it's different eras. You have the same argument in basketball as well. It's like why if you guys are so quick to say, hey, Babe Ruth wouldn't be able to compete in this era. What do you? What makes you think that Michael is for sure gonna get past LeBron? It's <laughs> an 80-year difference. <laughs> it's still a different game. I think LeBron oh is the way, God. God. I was, not as, I was agreeing as, with you, but no, that no, was not the right. It's not as big of a joke as you think. 
<laughs> LeBron is significantly more physical and I think would like break down Michael. But I'm not saying that he's better. I'm just saying he's different eras. Raz, this is a shitty argument. Let's move on. I don't yeah. think it's a shitty <laughs> argument. I think I'm exactly right. Oh, and and Rube, I, I see your point. And I guess Thomas said it too. Like, maybe Babe Ruth would suck today, but like, it was everybody was so different then. It's like the way that athletes are brought up in training now is different. But I can just look at what he did, like, during the time that he played. He was hitting more home runs as an individual than all teams were hitting, like, combined the entire season. Yeah. And I mean, if you bring it up, if you're, if you're going to do it, like, as like a relative argument like that, fine. I get it. But it was just like at just such a different game. And all you really have to go off is a cool nickname. And I mean, there's really some pixely black and white video, and it's about it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, the greatest of all time arguments are just for schmucks like us to argue about it because there is no exactly. right answer. So, and, the, and there's no sports going on. So, that's what we do. Yeah, it's fair. On the other portion of the bracket, we've got Johnson and Schilling versus LeBron and Wade. Um, I won't speak first on this Ooh. one. <laughs> Easy. Go ahead. Johnson and Schilling. I have a uh, – The D-backs. <laughs> that is not the first deal that comes to mind for me. But, but hey, uh, Rube, Brady and Belichick didn't make it, but Johnson and Schilling then. <laughs> Um, I have a, a policy on this podcast that's called Fuck LeBron, so Johnson Schilling, I'm moving them on. <laughs> I'm, voting for Le- I'm voting for LeBron Wade because I really had to think about when Johnson and Schilling played with each other. I don't remember Schilling from the Diamondbacks. I remember him from the Red Sox. So That's fair. Um, I, I was Honestly, I was going to vote for Johnson Schilling, and I'm going to. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, so that, get I mean, out and vote. Yeah, yeah, right. Down, get out and vote. Uh, Johnson Schilling, I think, as a young baseball fan, the story of the Diamondbacks beating the Yankees that year with really not shit except those two pitchers. It's it's one of my favorite baseball thoughts that I always have every once in a while. But the doing it off Mariano too. Yep. Here's Luis one for out. you. During the Johnson Schilling era that Rube is blanking from his mind, Johnson won the Cy Young each of those three years, 1999 through 2002. The person to wow. finish second each year, Kurt Schilling, which means they had the two best pitchers on their team um, in the National League. So, okay. if that's, that's true, then I, I didn't even I didn't know it was that like that big. I didn't of know. I didn't know Schilling was that good back then. Yeah. So like corrected on that if you're not just making that stat up. I'm not. And they moved or the move paid off. The dynamic pitching duo led Arizona to a title and shared the World Series MVP award. They shared the award. Wow. That just makes me love them even more. So I'm glad Rube, I am glad, glad and I And Thomas coming in hot here about who's got put onto this. Belichick and Brady not making it. Big F you to both of you on that one. And, but you're uh, not even I mean, going to vote for him. No, I'm not. I'm voting LeBron and Wade. They won two titles. They're the best duo we've seen, um, in my opinion. The best guard and the best forward. You think they're better than Steph and, Dre- and Durant? Yep. I'm all in on that. Uh, well, so I think they're better than Shaq. Oh, wait, how, wait. Fuck out of here. How are we getting this tie figured out? So how the tie works is it comes down to the two hosts of the show, and they're going to have to work out but a deal split. of some sort. <laughs> 
Uh, you have a phone friend? Is Danny Farber there? Ask him. He he uh, does not know. You know what? Uh, it's okay. Oh, Wits, how are we going to do this? Wits, how I picture us doing this. Well, this is what this is what good podcasting is when you don't really have a plan on how to buff tiebreakers. But to be fair, we haven't done a roundtable with an even number yet. Um, Matt's out being a San Franciscan and not really wanting to participate, and I have no idea All what right. Dylan is. I've got a simple solution. Yes. Three Cy Youngs in a row. Did LeBron or Wade win three MVPs in a row? Boom! They did not. I think that's the decider. I mean... We can go... We'll go Johnson versus Schilling. I'm not really in the mood to fight anymore since I was happy enough to put them on there and make a point of it. So they're going to go on. LeBron can't get a win on this because Thomas is the most stubborn human being of all time. Um, Let's move back to the other side. We've got Pippen and Jordan versus Kobe and Shaq. Um, We heard Shaq recently say that Pippen and Jordan wouldn't be able to beat him and Kobe. So I'm curious where you guys stand on that. And uh, is this an easy... Chicago loyalty, and we are we moving yeah. them on. Shaq and a fool, give me Pippen and Jordan. Pippen and Jordan. Yeah, I'll vote for Pippen and Jordan too. Meaning, get out I, and vote. Meaning, I don't have to vote, so I won't vote because I, I'll keep my name clear. So we had basketball and basketball. We have baseball whoa, and baseball. Whoa, whoa, time out. The boss says time out. You have to make a vote, even if. It might not win. I'm gonna go with Pippen and Jordan if I have if I'm being here forced to vote here. Yeah, well, yes. you're right. Get out. It's the show's right. slogan is get out. And get vote. out and vote. <laughs> Ruth and Garrick versus Johnson and Schilling. I mean, I'm gonna iconic from voting, so there's no time. <laughs> get out and vote. Iconic is definitely Ruth and Gary, but those stats that you put out of Johnson Chilling, they raise my eyebrows. They definitely <laughs> do. Well, somebody's gonna definitely raise, a, raise my eyebrows. There's too. a lot of talk. I feel like we've got to get answers. Uh, Ruth and Gary, too iconic to pass up. Johnson Chilling, gut Ooh. gut feel. I don't know why. Gut feel. Rube. I'm not voting. You can you can break the tie. Well, I'm host. So it's going to be Ruth and Gehrig in the finals against Jordan. They were the one and two, these two duos on the website we pulled some of these from. We got Jordan Pippen, Ruth and Gehrig. I, I see where this one's going to go, but my favorite's still in it, and it's not Pippen and Jordan. <laughs> okay, you want to you wanna give your argument before this is over? I want to hear if anybody else is on my side. If not, I will give an argument. That LeBron and D-Wade should be... No, I, gonna be... I'm I'm talking Ruth and Gehrig here. Who's your vote? Who's your vote? Pippen and Jordan. Okay, Rube. Pippen and Jordan. And Thomas. Pippen and Jordan. Okay, so... And Ethan. <laughs> Come on, it was supposed to be like a... In sync... No, Jordan. we're going to go Ruth and Gehrig, uh, which means I lose in the finals here. Uh, I think they, mm, I'm trying to use my words before my u- words get used against me here, but uh, 
Definitely. Choose wisely. <laughs> an amazing. But one, one foot in front of the other. An amazing power duo. Both of these duos, it's hard to pick against them as they are both champions in their respective sports. Um, I think six times. Six, six times for sure. Absolutely. Pro- and probably some, should probably could have been eight, but six is fine. And that's an argument that, that can be made that Michael should have won eight in a row. But because he did what me and you do best, and that's gamble pretty much everything away, he had to miss 18 months. So, unfortunately, he couldn't get you guys eight titles. And uh, I just, uh, I, I think it's, it was, in the video you get to see, you get to see these sluggers just going to town. Like you said, Ruth was ahead of every other team in the league, whereas Jordan wasn't I mean, ahead how, of how many, How many pixels are in these videos? <laughs> It's just like one hundred and eighty by two twenty p. Really riveting games to watch. I'm just tee um, off on batting practice pitchers. And I guess more honestly than not, like why I, I'm gonna go against Jordan and Pippen if I was already talking smack about LeBron and Wade. I wasn't gonna win that argument anyway, so they're already the winners. Chicago winning the last two brackets, and I feel like Rube. I don't know if they were your pick off the dot, but you've been you've been killing it in terms of your teams in these brackets. Oh yeah, I mean. That one was pretty easy, though. We had to take we had to take Tiger Woods off of last week's bracket just so you wouldn't vote for him. Tiger would win every one of these. <laughs> Who's his duo? Tiger, Tiger and Elon versus Jordan and Pippen. I'll go with Tiger and Elon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a duo. Um, I think the next bracket we do, I don't think should have any like relation to town. So okay. take Chicago sports out. I mean, I just I want to see more of like a. It's not I mean, our I fault that Chicago and, has like moments that go in like I, sports things. Yeah, no, I. And I haven't won a single thing with the Packers. Right, you give me a call next week to plan this. We'll plan a better bracket. This one was kind of shitty. And <laughs> that's funny because hey. I'm not the one taking the shame for that. I didn't even come up with the bracket. Somebody else on this podcast line did. I threw out the idea. I threw out the idea. I did not compile the list of the names. Idea was, I'm, not, I'm not hating on the idea. I'm hating on the execution. Whoever the, I did not come up with. I did not Name execute. Better. Is there I, other duos that should have been on this list? Brady and Belichick. You give me more than three minutes to come Poppy up with Poppy and Manny? Poppy and Manny is better than Garrig and Ruth? They were better, but they could have been on the list. Yeah, to not have Brady and Belichick is just asinine. It's players that you <laughs> don't understand don't how to get that in your head. I don't mind just the players, but Marvin and Peyton. That was that was an option. I didn't think it was better than Rice or Montana or Gronk and Brady. River, ri- Rivers and Gates. Definitely not better than those <laughs> other options. Matt Ryan and Tony Gonzalez. Oof. What? Kyle Orton, Johnny Knox. Jeez. Now now we're just going down the well. Um, while we were talking about Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is going to be playing against Phil Mickelson again. I wanted Rube's take. Is this something you were very excited to watch? They even added Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Is this something you're tuning into, and where is your money going on it? Um, it is 100% something I'm tuning into. Um, my money, I'll, but I'll go out with Tiger just because I like him, but I don't really know who's going to win. I have no idea how good Brady Phil and uh, Phil beat him last time, but really? I have no idea how Brady and Manning are, so or what the format of this thing is. Have you either. never watched the Entourage before? Brady is yeah, uh, Brady three handicap. Nice yeah, on the show he is. We'll see what he is when he plays out there with Tiger and Phil. I'm pr- I'm promising you nobody's gonna break his club, so I think he'll be he'll be just fine. Um, all right. 
We are here at the end of the show where we like to get a pro tip eventually from Wits. I don't know if he's got anything going on now. We've got Thomas and Rube. Thomas, I'll let you uh, lead off the closing closing arguments, closing thoughts. What do you got for us? Um, I had a full-on Suburban Dad Sunday, and it was fucking awesome. I cut the lawn. I to clarify, he is ride. not a Suburban Dad, but he did give it an yeah. end today. yeah. I uh, cut the lawn. I, I admired the lines in my lawn after I cut it. I went for a bike ride. I even raked the leaves. It was just a full dad Sunday. I grilled hot dogs on the grill. So, Ladies, this man is single. Get your, yep. wanted, wanted and ready to, to mingle. I got you. I mean, we're all in quarantine here, so we're suffering. <laughs> um, so you guys can FaceTime at least. That's that's going to be a huge positive. I mean, you could just reach out to him at 847-481-9014. Thomas, oh, he actually, the Suburban he actually Dad. Did it. Wow. The Suburban <laughs> Dad. Did it. Give him a call. Rube, what do you Great. got? you got a girlfriend, so I can't list your number off. Um, well, golf courses opened up in Wisconsin today and then Illinois next week. So I officially have my one and only hobby back. Went out there and played today. Went okay. But we'll be back with 36 next weekend and probably for the foreseeable future. What what'd you shoot today, Rube? 83. Oh, just casual. 80, 80, 80, 83 out of the closet. Would have been, <laughs> been an easy winner the ball. at the uh, Paul Bunyan Open. Wits, we're on to you. Um, yeah, no pro tip today, but I started playing the piano again over the weekend, and I forgot <laughs> how much I loved it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be, st- I'm going to be starting to practice a little bit more here and I might even make a little appearance on the show, but you know, any kids out there looking for a little side hobby, I would recommend giving a piano a shot. And if you're it's looking a- for lessons, which has a very reasonable rate. So feel free to reach, reach out to him at, uh, at, on his Instagram tag. Why don't you read yeah. headphone and off too? Yeah, because I don't want people getting confused, Thomas. The girls are here for you. You're the suburban dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, try, try out the piano. It's a good skill to have, you know. Then I realized I need to play more. It was fun. It was a good time. This quarantine's been making me think a lot. That's all That's I have good. to say. Thinking is very important. It helps with complexion. Uh, I gotta say, your rendition of that uh, Tiger song from The Hangover is my favorite thing. What you Tigers dream of it was a very fantastic rendition by Wits. I hope to one day give him a call for the show, and he's sitting at the piano. I'd love for him to give us uh, give us that here on the show. Maybe he will. It's a quick song. Um, but that is the end of the show. You're listening to the MJ of podcasting, the LeBron James of podcasting. My co-host was a great Scotty today, and the rest of you guys were Paxson and whoever else was on those Bulls teams. But – uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the interview earlier this week with Dave Mason. Um, keep going to bet online and putting your deposits in. We'll hook you up. Obviously, you heard the commercial in the middle of the show. Um, and thanks again. This is where we like to keep the line moving. We'll s- catch you next week, everybody. Peace. Thanks, guys. You'll get none. You'll get none. You'll get none. I can't say that it gets to me. But every time I pull my head up, there's a flex to V You'll get none, you'll get none, you'll get none You'll get absolutely nothing Every time I get the breath to breathe, you're next to me Building up some press release to get none, you'll get none, you'll get what? Oh girl
arrive with a motherfucking bucket full of CDs. I'm flying out my city and it's really something. Bushmen, little buildings and the hills amongst them. Got a couple homies out in Austin, cost them. Messages, W tickets, cop them. Cause I'm feeling like a bigger stage, a bigger wage. Just coming from what's pumping in my ribcage. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.